Good day and welcome to Film Exploration with Ash Hurry. And for today's episode, I should be talking about the latest and perhaps last movie in a classic franchise that has only just hit the cinemas. And that is Jurassic Park Dominion. The film brings back director Colin Trevorrow and stars Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, DeWanda Wise and Sam Neill, Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum. The closure of a second blockbuster trilogy born from a legacy in 1993 where Spielberg created genuine starstruck astonishment that is just too gigantic to follow no matter how big they seem to go as Ian Malcolm points out in his final chapter. Jurassic Park Dominion continues this journey four years after the occurrences of Fallen Kingdom, a visually formidable addition to the franchise that opened well but fizzled out due to the deficient story and the ludicrous events that developed after the volcanic eruption. Dominion now brings us to an era where dinosaurs and humans now coexist thanks to the impulse sentimental reaction of a 12-year-old child, and thus this movie very quickly presents a swift montage of the repercussions and curiosity behind how the world has been cautiously dealing with these interactions through recognisable social media formats uploads and use clips that seem to mimic the craze the world seems to accurately get caught up in in terms of world events and sharing absolutely everything online. The first thing I'll say is that they did what everyone wanted to from maybe the second movie, The Lost World, which is to have the dinosaurs roam free in today's world with humans instead of being contained on a Pacific island where the odd group goes to and finds themselves in a spot of bother like they numerously displayed in the last five movies. But we got a glimpse of that idea in the second movie where we see the reverse, where the T-Rex wanders free in LA acting as a brief but memorable climatic scene. And since then, that awareness has been at the back of our minds. How could they pull this off? What storyline would even constitute in their heads for this to even be a possibility and how would they execute this well we got there after a second trilogy and this latest installment plays to our inner desire of what we wanted to see so for that i say bravo for pulling that off but how good is the movie did they pull it off what we are aching to see here since probably the second movie or maybe even the first and how well executed is it well that's another discussion and one i'll try and articulate in this review now, first things first, what we do have in this movie, like you do with all blockbuster films, is movie convenience, which means the subtle display of things falling into place for our protagonists, so things can develop smoothly to the finale of the movie whilst neatly wrapping up the trilogy. Now, if you do it well, you have the power of second-guessing audience expectations, but deep down, we know everything's going to be okay. The heroes are going to prevail, and the villains are going to get its comeuppance, and the equilibrium is somewhat restored, despite the utter lack of seriousness when Bryce seems to drive for a stampede of dinosaurs at the start of the movie and everyone else gets hit but them but that's the movie game it's like watching an army unload on one person and not one bullet scrapes them but that is the industry of imagination so you have to give some rope to allow yourself to enjoy it to kickstart the initial hype is the return of legacy trio Laura Dern, Sam Neill and of course Jeff Goldblum for the concluding outing and where we discover that Dr. Ellie Sattler is single again which of course acts as a silly satirical comedy sideshow in the middle of this so-called epic blockbuster finale where we have Sam Neill and Laura Dern act more like Tom Hanks and Meg Reinwood in a double 90s outing of Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail than Jurassic Park trilogy. The annoyance is very cheaply overshadowed by our nostalgic eye seeing these two characters grace the screen again which of course puts a smile on our faces and is of course selling tickets just from knowing that Malcolm, after his brief cameo in Fallen Kingdom, delivers his consistency as Jeff Goldblum more so than Ian Malcolm, where the quick-wit one-liners are in the hands of this lovable thespian. He has relied on heavily for some amusement and flavour to a movie that is lacking both due to the suspense being completely mishandled and no time at all taken in the real threat of the movie, the gigantic dinosaurs. 
Where the movie falls is the weight of the story that needs to be unloaded carefully, and unfortunately it doesn't do so much as efficiently as the original did. The film is cluttered in places due to the scattered locations and characters, and scenarios that strong-arm its way to conjoin for the finale. The classic quote, less is more, acts as a key and easy example when you relate it to the Jurassic Park franchise. Jurassic Park and The Lost World were both adapted loosely by novels by Michael Crichton and both in the hands of Steven Spielberg, which gave those movies the intensity and craft needed to be successful in the eyes of audiences and critics and still hold strong today, even almost 30 years later. After that, though, it's taken a gradual downward spiral that is feeding these dino-hype audiences that still hold close to them dinosaurs after the 1993 classic. Take nothing away that this whole concept right now is very on trend, a legacy sequel with the introduction of the returning three main characters. And recently we have seen them prove successful with critics and fans like Blade Runner 2049 and more recently Top Gun, but the same cannot be said for this attempt. As one person says, they took a perfectly good ingredient and the chef on hand butchered the recipe by adding spice after spice to try and rectify it. For me, this wasn't a Jurassic Park movie, just like the last Fast and the Furious movies were not Fast and the Furious movies. And what I mean mean by that is the foundation established from the first movie, the original, has completely been pushed to the bottom in favour of minus action sequences, outlandish sequences, and I guess the development of a story. We have random human villains in this movie, which acts more of a threat than the dinosaurs do, and the dinosaur seems to be the fifth thing on the list in terms of priority, falling short behind motorbike chase sequences, underground espionage, a love story, some environmental issues regarding biotech, and advanced weaponry. I mean, does that sound like the original... Jurassic Park 2? No, not really. Now, earlier I did reveal the achievement of this film, its greatest achievement, and it was displayed in a great way in the trailer. What is a Jurassic Park movie when humans and dinosaurs are, are together, and not just on an island? Well, unlike Roland Emmerich films, the guilty pleasures that they are, we never see a dinosaur smash down New York City or hit a famous landmark, and something inside of me really wanted that to happen. They had the opportunity to do that, but they avoided it, and somewhat, you know, you know, it's been done before, but why not have a stab at it? I assume if you're leading up to this concept, why not at least have a T-Rex on the Empire State Building? But no, the height of this Roland Emmerich idea is disappointingly left with a motorbike chase in the streets of, no, not New York or California or Chicago or London or Paris, but Malta. And with dinosaurs that got introduced minutes before that even that sequence then started. So once you see this movie, I can pretty much guarantee you you'll be itching to return to the 1993 original in hope of some remorse and forgiveness from what your eyes may have just seen. And if you do, you'll be reminded of the bone-chilling opening sequence in the first movie that sent pulse levels through the roof. The second John Williams' thunderous yet delicate musical score kicks in. Now, Fallen Kingdom actually introduced a dazzling take on an opening scene. However, Dominion, who had some room to breathe on what they could have done, copped out and decided to do a montage right after a minute build-up scene where we've already seen in the trailer. I mean, you have the dinosaurs on the mainland now. You could have done any number of sequences, like when T-Rex drank from the pool in Lost World, or the cut drive-through sequences where someone heard a thump and they didn't know what it was. But no, they chose to rush it with some fishing scene that we all saw in the trailer. This so-called epic conclusion may indeed be a disappointment to some with mediocre action scenes, a very chaotic storyline, and a climatic scene that basically mirrors the exact same sequence from a preceding movie. The logline review for this movie is best voiced by Ian Malcolm in the first movie, standing on the shoulders of geniuses, selling something as fast as they can, realising they could make this movie, but never stopping to think if they should. But as you know, 
Life finds a way even in these circumstances. The w- this way, though, is slightly below our expectations. The film offers flickers of fun now and again, and it does its best to try and fit everything in, despite the inconsistency of the tone of Jurassic Park. But Jurassic Park is solely a franchise that should be known as the 90s franchise, and the latest trilogy is simply a studio that tried to reinvent what people thought they wanted to see. But remember... They never had control, as Laura Dern famously argues against Hammond in the original. The flea circus is not something that should be handled, contained, or controlled. And one wonders how the dialogue in the first movie is so on the nose to what they tried achieving with this newest trilogy. Well, who knows? Maybe it was the plan all along, but as we already know, it provokes us to simply go back and watch the original and realising how ahead of its time Jurassic Park truly was. Anyway, that's all I have time for with Jurassic Park Dominion, the epic conclusion to a franchise that spanned very close to 30 years and has very much unearthed the popularity of dinosaurs to a level people never knew they would be interested in. That's the beauty of cinema, the things that get revived, like joining the Air Force thanks to Top Gun or being a paleontologist thanks to Jurassic Park or more recently becoming a Kate Bush fan thanks to Stranger Things. Cinema or TV never cease to amaze to the things that simply unearthed people everywhere in the world. Anyway, you can give me a follow on Instagram, that's Film Exploration AH or one word or lowercase and you can give me a shout on itunes spotify google and amazon but now thank you for listening to my review of jurassic park dominion with film exploration with ash hurry